You are listening to the Thursday catch-up episode of In Love With The Process. I'm your host, Mike Petchy. What is going on? Um, what's going on with me? I uh, got about four and a half hours of sleep last night because I have the pre-shoot uh, cycle of overthinking. Uh, that's right. I am doing a short film shoot this weekend, I start Saturday, um, and this will be the first horror short that I've done in a long time. I'm actually really fucking excited about it. Um, we, I think I've teased it a little bit on the show. Uh, I'm actually doing a piece that is starring Lance Williams. Uh, my buddy, actor Lance Williams, will be in it. Um, and I am shooting, so I'm cinematographer and director of it which is uh, twice the duties, but it's a pretty contained little piece. So uh, it shouldn't be too difficult. Um, And uh, I've just been completely involved with it all week. That's why um, Tuesday's release was a little quiet this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was the first of the Fuji film creator, filmmaking creator series. Um, And... uh, it seems like everybody loved it. Yeah, it's episode 218, Fujifilm Creator Series with uh, Julio. Um, and uh, we go deep into how he started his career as a photographer and uh, basically was inspired by uh, Victor over at Fujifilm to make his first narrative. And they supported him on it. So it's actually a really inspiring episode for that, listening to Facing Your Fears and sort of pushing your way through. And it doesn't matter how long you've been doing this. Um, Every time I get started on an idea, every time I sit down to plan out uh, my director's prep, um, I still get nervous. I still get anxious. Um, And uh, that was last night. I I got to bed at a decent time, but then I was just tossing and tossing and tossing. How do I start this piece? What's a good way to start this piece? You know? And... uh, you know, I think at like 4.30, I actually woke up with the idea <laughs> and sketched it out on a paper in front of me. And it looks like I wrote out English, which is good, which is really good. Um, very excited because this short um, is made, brought to you by this podcast um, because of the new sponsors of the show, because of support of listeners and fans um, that are now on the crew of the show, um, I'm able to make this uh, really small short film um, practically for nothing, which is super cool, which is really fucking cool. And I get to shoot with some really cool equipment, really cool gear. Um, But before I get into all that stuff, I'm really pumped about um, that new Guillermo del Toro series on Netflix. If you guys watched it yet, Cabinet of Curiosities. I dare say it is the best quality um, TV series on Netflix. (laughs) I really believe so. I know that's a controversial statement, but like the quality that is put into each and every one of these pieces um, is amazing. And you can tell that they really 
really support the vision of the directors. Um, and I've seen a few of them already. Ah, uh, uh, big shout out to Panos Cosmatos. If you guys don't know who Panos is, he directed Mandy. He directed Beyond the Black Rainbow. And he does uh, an amazing experiential piece for Cabinets of Curiosity. Each of them are about an hour long. And he does one called The Viewing. And oh, every time I watch his stuff, it's such a vibe. You get lost in just the texture of his work. You get lost in the sound and the music. Um, he really shoots it beautifully flared and, and grained. It just, you just get, it's like you're being hypnotized by Panos anytime you watch stuff like this. And, and this piece really feels like it's a sister piece to like Beyond the Black Rainbow, you know? Um, it's a great, great episode. It's a great trip. I'm envious of those of you who get to watch it for the first time. It's one of those pieces that you watch for the first time and it's just such a, a joy um, to experience. And while I'm experiencing it, I'm saying to myself, uh, I'm never gonna experience it like this again. <laughs> so it's bittersweet. Um, but I'm super excited that he made that piece and, uh, you know, big, big ups to uh, Guillermo for giving him the opportunity to direct something again. Because I know that uh, Panos has been trying to get a lot of stuff made and his stuff is so off the rocker as far as uh, tone and themes are concerned. And it's a very scary pitch to any sort of exec. So it really took the balls and sort of the the shielding of Guillermo to be like, do an episode for us. And it's amazing, dude. But it's not my favorite so far of the show. Um, my favorite of the show so far is a piece called The Autopsy. And it is perfectly directed. David Pryor does it. So he's uh, a director. I don't know if I've seen his work Prior to this, I haven't. He did a short film called AM120, and he directed The Empty Man, which I haven't seen. Um, but it, his his piece, uh, The Autopsy, is so perfectly done. Watch it and understand what I mean. Like When I start to rant on this show about the language of cinema, about the techniques, the subtle techniques that bring an audience into a film... Um, and just the obvious love that this guy has for the old Spielberg stuff. Um, it's just so fucking good. So fucking good. I would dare say it is one of the best pieces that I've seen all year. And uh, it, I, I wish it was longer than an hour. I would stay with it. Um, but the show is phenomenal. What was the first one I saw? I saw Lot 36, which is great. Um, that was done by Guillermo Navarro, or Navarro, who started as a cinematographer. Let me make sure I'm saying that correctly, because I had seen his stuff for years. Yes, he was a cinematographer on Pan's Labyrinth. He was the cinematographer on Pacific Rim. Um, he also did a bunch of Hannibal's TV uh, series. Um, his piece is really well done. 
It stars Tim Blake Nelson, and it's always fascinating to watch that guy on screen. Always fascinating to watch him on screen. Um, if you guys haven't seen this yet, it's on Netflix. Watch uh, The Cabinet of Curiosity, or Cabinet of Curiosities. Uh, Guillermo del Toro produces it. He does a very cute sort of Alfred Hitchcock Presents intro for each one of them. I don't think he directs any of them. I think he just produces them. Um, and I know that there are other directors, like the director of uh, Baba Duke. I haven't seen hers yet. Um, so I'm kind of pumped, man. I'm pumped about this show. And I've heard that they're going to do a season two, which is very fucking exciting. So, like, I, I would compare this to Love, Death, and Robots as far as quality is concerned. And it's live action instead. So, best, by far, the best horror TV show out there, period. And it's not loaded with all that bullshit. It's not a family drama piece. It's pure horror. And it's great. Um, so, highly fucking suggested, dude. Really. Uh, and I, when I was watching it, I was very inspired by a lot of the pieces as I prep my new piece, um, which I can't wait to get into. The other thing that's going on is uh, I am now, apparently, I am an influencer for Image Comics, which is awesome. They're sending me um, comic books, I think every month, that uh, I get to check out uh, either as they just come out or right before they come out, which is cool. You know me, I've grown up a comic book kid and they're sending me a lot of books that I wouldn't normally pick up. Um, and I just finished reading this one called Lovesick and it's uh, Lana, I'm going to fuck up the last name, Lana Vecchio, Vecchios, Lovesick. Issue number one came out and um, it's beautifully drawn it's this really wild book i'm not going to give away too much but it's this wild book on sort of the dark web and this dominatrix that uh murders fans on the dark web so if you're into if you're into like uh i don't know if anybody still is into suicide girls but if you're into sort of fetish if you're into uh, you know, hostile sort of gore horror. Um, I think you guys will really dig this book. I was drawn in by the um, illustrations because uh, they do a really good job with that. And it's very much a graphic book. There's a lot of nudity. There's a lot of blood. A lot of like fetished, fetishized horror in this book. Um, it was interesting. I'd, I'd read the next one. And it looks like they had a bunch of really great cover artists do variant covers for it as well. Um, and uh, I'm just flipping through here. I'm reading... Uh, I, I like the way that the comic books actually do like sketches in the back and give you just sort of a, uh, a, a, a... sort of a sneak peek into the making of these things, which is kind of fun. And... Uh, the writer of the book says, I started writing Lovesick after I made this illustration during the summer of 2019, which is like the lead character in a fetish outfit leaning down over this, it looks like a guy in a pig mask. At that time, I felt I needed to write a story on Domino, who's the lead, but I didn't have any ideas. 
I didn't even remember why I drew a man wearing a pig mask, but I immediately thought I could try to write a story where a group of dominatrix torture consenting men on the dark web. Consent is still the key theme of this story. Up to that point, I hadn't realized that even consent had a line that could be crossed. So, pretty cool. Um, I will be uh, on occasion telling you guys about all these different comic books that I'm reading from Image. And I'm a huge fan of Image. Like, I was a huge fan of Image when it broke, when it, when it started. All of my favorite artists sort of broke away from uh, Marvel. You know, that's when, like, Jim Lee and Todd McFarlane and, um, you know, Eric Larson, they all jumped ship and created their own books and created this comic book line called Image, and it blew up, made a lot of those guys millionaires instantly. Um, but since then, Image has become the place to go if you are a creator that wants to, to retain the rights for your book. And it's a great place um, for writers, young writers and, and creators, and even established writers and creators that are sort of working for the big groups uh, to go really play around and and really try to create something new and original. Uh, so there's a lot of new voices, and a lot of the books that they sent me are from uh, like a lot of new folks that I'd never heard of. So make sure you stick around, and uh, I will be reading more and uh, telling you guys about more of these books as I try to fit them in with everything else. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm doing on the show. I'm just going in the other room here real quick. Hold on. I'll tell you guys the other books. I'll give you a preview of what other books that I'm reading right now. Uh, I got this one called It's Lonely at the Center of... It's Lonely at the Center of the Earth, an autobiographic novel by Zoe Thorogood, which I haven't read yet. I've got issue one of Two Graves and issue one of Gospel. Um, so excited. Uh, I got them sitting next to my bed on the nightstand and, uh, that's my new move. I try to keep the phone in the other room when I go to sleep at night and, uh, flip through one of these books until I pass out. It did not work last night though. <laughs> it absolutely did not work last night. Um, so let's see what else is going on. I've just been so deep deep, deep, deep in prep for this film. And uh, when I had the idea, I sort of created this idea to be a simple self-contained little moment that literally takes place in the garage out in the back of my space. So location was super simplified. And um, I wrote out just a basic sequence that happens in this movie. And then worked closely with Lance to sort of develop this character and add some texture to this character. So we're really trying to texture out this character that we're with for a short, short period of time. Um, and then I was going through all of my friend Judith Weston's techniques um, and trying to get as much of my questions in place for him, trying to write stream of consciousness for the character. Um, I am just very deep in the hard work. And if you don't know who Judith Weston is, by the way, uh, go check out her books, Directing Actors, which I love, and the film director's Intuition, which I also love. I read both those books when we were locked up in the pandemic, and it really sort of changed the way I prepare 
to shoot a short film. Um, the other thing, as I mentioned earlier, um, because of new sponsors of the show, I'm able to get all sorts of really great equipment and gear in for free. Uh, I am going to be shooting this new piece uh, on the original uh, Alexa Mini. I don't need to go LF with this because I'm not using large format lenses. Um, so we're going to shoot with the Mini. Um, we've got a sweet follow focus kit. Um, I've got all the gear I need for camera from my friends over at Boca Rentals. Now, if you're in California, you know who Boca Rentals are. They're like the place to go, the place that has some of the best anamorphic lenses on the market. Um, if you're not in California, I'm sure you've seen Boca uh, on Instagram because these guys have one of the best rental house Instagram accounts. If you head over to boca.rentals on Instagram, go look at what I mean. Like these guys don't just post pictures of their gear. They put up side-by-side uh, -side comparisons of what shooting with their lenses, the lenses that they have in stock looks like, which is very useful when you're trying to decide what kind of lenses to use on your shoot. Um, they put up behind the scenes uh, clips. They introduce you to your, their team. They show you full camera builds from cameras that they have in stock. It's a really great fucking resource. A really great resource. So like I said, their Instagram account is boca.rentals at Instagram. They are a brand new sponsor of the show. This is sort of our soft sponsor read for them. Uh, I think next week's episode will be the official. Um, I had a long conversation with Kyle, the guy over there, and uh, we were talking about setting up contests, giveaways. Uh, we're very excited about our new partnership with them. Um, and uh, head on over to bocarentals.com. They have a great website. You can check out all the equipment that they have available there. I'm going to get them on the show because they have a fascinating story on how they started a rental house because uh, they're one of the younger rental houses out there and they do it differently than all the big places do. Um, and because they do it differently, they get their hands on some really, really shooter-centric pieces of equipment, like gear that you really want to get your hands on, right? Just looking at their list on their website, they have the Masterbuilt Classics. They have the PS Technic Technovision Anamorphic set, which is really great. Um, we rented from them for the big music video shoot that we did a week ago, and that's where I got the Airy Mini LF. Um, I got some Cook Rancheros from them. Um, they, ha they have, like, some of the stuff I'm dying to use. I cannot pronounce this. Is it Exelmos? It was X-E-L-M-U-S Apollo anamorphic lenses. I've seen footage with those and they look fucking fantastic. Um, this is the place to go to rent lenses to make your stuff look like it belongs on Netflix. Let's just say that right now. And what I'm excited about is they have a lot of really great vintage lenses as well. Oh, they have some awesome, they have the, the Vazen anamorphics. So many cool lenses, and I'm excited to have them as a partner on the show. I'm excited to potentially get you listeners discounts, giveaways, and opportunities to use this gear. Um, it's a great team up, 
And as you can assume, part of the sponsorship deal that I have with these guys is that I also get my hands on gear discounted, which is enabling me to shoot more pieces that you guys want to see. Because everybody has been excited about 12KM. <laughs> it's been awesome. After doing the Carter cast, uh, I've had hundreds of people writing to me daily asking, sending me their three favorite horror movies, and I've been sending out to as many as I possibly can the link to see 12 kilometers. And uh, the only way I was able to make a short like that happen was with the support of sponsors, right? Because if you know my work, you know it's very cinematic. You know that I need to have pieces of equipment that are very costly in order to make it happen. So um, your boy is, you know, he's not, he's, he's not rolling in the dough. <laughs> so it's nice to have sponsorships to make that happen. And I sought out Boca because I knew they cared about storytellers. You know what I mean? So like I said, check them out. If you want some extra credit, by the way, on the Fujifilm contest, because I've seen you, I've seen all of the listeners that are posting uh, two or three different times and tagging me in two different three things. You guys are high on my list. I have, out of everybody, probably a handful of about 20 or 30 people that I've got my eyes on. If you want to raise even higher on that list, head over to Boca.Rentals on Instagram and just leave a note on any of their posts. Thanks for sponsoring In Love With The Process. Make sure you tag me in it so I can see it. You know what I mean? That'll put you even higher. We are going to be announcing the winner for the free Fujifilm camera at the end of the month. So the more homework you do, the better it'll be for you. Okay? And by the end of the month, I mean at end of November, just in case this is an older episode for you. Um, very excited about all this stuff, guys. Uh, how are you doing? What's new with you? Are you guys uh, prepping for the holidays? I know we're pushing into Thanksgiving, and that's on the way. Um, I know that we're pushing into the holiday season, into the end of the working season for a lot of folks. I know that uh, Los Angeles starts to get dead in the winter. Did you do enough work? Did you stockpile your nuts? You know, are you ready to go into hibernation? Um, are you in the process of looking for new work? Are you uh, sending out new emails? Are you contacting new people? You know, make sure you get yourself situated to come out of uh, hibernation in January. You know what I mean? Um, we are lucky because we have, I've got a ass load of post-production to do on that uh, music video thing. I sat down last week and I, I did a solid 14 hours on one of the first edits and I really put the Puget system to the test. If you guys didn't notice, I got a brand new Puget system uh, sponsored by them and Intel and it's a beefy 6K editing uh, system, custom built. And my last project, I was running about 36 video tracks of uh, 4K. So it was 4K ProRes out of the Alexa Mini LF. Um, and uh, it was running really great. And I know some of you are asking, like, why the fuck do you have 36 tracks of video? Uh, it's because uh, it's a music video. So there are multiple tracks that need to be sunk. And so what I tend to do 
my process when I'm doing a music video is I'll take, you know, the 12 takes, the 15 takes, um, full takes, sync them all, right? And lay those down underneath. And then I'll go through each of those and put aside three video tracks and just pull my selects up to those three video tracks. And then on top of those tracks, I'll start to add graphics. I'll start to add uh, other footage. So it starts to stack up pretty quickly. And uh, you really need the system to run at its optimal. And I do it that way because then if I show the cut to Gina or if I'm showing the cut to someone else and they want to see a, a different variation that was happening at that moment, I can just on and off stuff. I can go back underneath and say, well, the other take in this moment, this person was doing this. In this moment, this was happening. And we can also start to... A trick when you're doing music videos um, is that there are multiple uh, re-singings of the same sort of phrase. There's multiple chorus structures that are in there. So sometimes you're finding that you have to fill a hole at the first chorus with footage from like the second camera in the third chorus. And so you're just taking those and syncing those live as you're sort of sliding them around and building up tracks that way. It's easy for me to do on my new Puget system. If you want your own custom-built Puget system that runs like mine. I posted about mine on Instagram with the specs. So you can head over to at Mike Petchy at Instagram, check out my post with the Puget system, or just save yourself time and go directly to Puget Systems Instagram or to the website and say, hey, I want Mike's machine. I want the same machine that Mike Petchy has to edit his um, video stuff. And uh, they'll work they'll work it out with you you know what i'm saying it's a really great place to also get extra credit for the fuji film thing if you leave a note on puget systems instagram on any of their posts and say hey thank you for sponsoring in love with the process and tag me in it do you see the theme here any of my sponsors on the show if you're tagging that stuff it does two things one it makes your chances even better at getting selected for the free camera from fuji film two it lets all the sponsors know that you're listening to the ad reads and it keeps them sponsoring the show, keeps them coming back with contest ideas. For instance, when I did the last contest with Indie Pro Tools and I gave away the battery back, they fucking loved it. They loved the fact that you guys were communicating with them so much so that they're like, we want to do another giveaway. We want to give away more stuff to the fans. So... I know it seems like I'm doing a lot of work or making you guys do a lot of work here, but it's to your benefit. It's to the show's benefit. It's to all of our benefit. You know what I'm saying? So I'm being completely transparent on how sponsorships work on a podcast because, like I said, with this show, there are no such thing as Instagram filters. We're completely transparent about everything. All right? Um, but uh, I think that's going to do it. So I'm, I, I got to let you guys go because... I've got Lance coming over this afternoon. He is, uh, him and I are going to check out his wardrobe once again and do some rehearsals. Then I got to make my way down and pick up some props. I'm getting props from uh, LWC, right? Or is it LCW Props Rental House? I should know that. Um, but uh, I'm getting a bunch of like vintage props, which I'm excited about. But I got to put all those in the car today. I got to bring them over. Got to prep those. I got to pick up more camera gear tomorrow. Oh, the other thing before I go that I'm fucking amped about, I just did a post on my Instagram today, is I'm shooting 
with amazing uh, anamorphic lenses from Atlas, Atlas Lens. Um, I'm sure you guys have been hearing about their brand new anamorphics that are on the market. I went over there with my buddy Rick Darge and we got to play with a lot of their stuff. And they had one of their um, Orion anamorphic lenses on a rig while we were there and it was the 21 millimeter and I was just in love with it. I think the thing that really got me going was that not only is it a low T-stop, it's like a two, it's like an F2 low T-stop, but also um, it's got a very short, like you can focus within a foot of the lens, which is very rare for anamorphics. Usually it's like, you know, four feet, five feet. I know when I did 12 cam, we were shooting with old Lomos and uh, we needed to use diopters to get close-ups. And when you're shooting with a, um, a magnification diopter, it's very difficult to rack focus beyond, I don't know, five inches, 10 inches or whatever it is. So like if you want to do a shot where you're focusing on an actor's face and he reaches his hand towards camera and picks something up and you want to rack focus to his hand, it's near impossible. Or if you wanted to rack focus from an actor's face to the background with a diopter, it's impossible to do. I would have to insert another shot and then cut to a shot without that diopter to be able to pull that off. These lenses are going to enable me to do all the cool macro stuff that I love to do. So if you're fans of my work, you are going to be excited to see this. And uh, I just posted it on today, what lenses I'm using uh, on uh, my Instagram account and stay tuned. Lots of fun, exciting stuff going on right now. Um, and I couldn't be doing it without you. So thank you, everybody. And as a reward to you, I promise to let you in on what's happening, tell you how I'm doing it, tell you what I'm using, get guests on the show continuously. By the way, here's a big teaser for an upcoming episode, and I'm not allowed to drop the episode until the end of November because we talk about a movie that isn't coming out, I think, until like the 23rd. Um, but I have another epic Academy Award winning cinematographer on the show. And his story is awesome. And he has shot movies for <laughs> at least two of my top five directors of all time. So stick around. Make sure you're following us on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever your favorite outlet is. And uh, that's it. The end of my Thursday checkup episode of In Love With The Process. As always, I will see you next Tuesday.